Thank you and good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. And today on Ask BBB, car care. Things to keep in mind when you buy a used car and rust control tips to keep that used car in great shape. Plus, puppies. March 23rd was National Puppy Day. And if that put you in pursuit of a puppy, then Ashley Castleman's BBB tips for anyone looking to give a forever home to a puppy will help you prevent being scammed. Well, our first guest this morning is Bob Ward, uh, the Auto Guys of St. Thomas. Good morning, Bob. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Bob, uh, spring has sprung, the grass starts growing. Should we take off our winter tires because it's not snowing? (laughs) That's a very good uh, analogy, Jim. And I would say to resist the temptation, don't change them too early. You can never keep them on um, long enough or too long. People have this thing that their winter tires, if it gets too warm, they'll literally wear right out. And I will tell you from experience, I change my tires the middle of October, keep them on till the middle of April, regardless of how hot it gets. And I've never worn the tires out, Jim. I replace winter tires either because they sell a car or they die of old age. They get hard, they lose their traction, or they start cracking, and then you have to replace them. So leave them on. Middle of April would be good then. Absolutely. So speaking of April, um, we understand that there's changes in legislation to e-testing coming up on the horizon. What do we need to know? Well, the the biggest change with emissions testing is that when you buy a car now, it does not need to be emissions tested for purchase or for transfer to you. Um, However, that doesn't mean uh, that you need to ignore that. Because once you buy that car, you could buy the problems related to that car, emissions related. Because when you go to renew your license, you will need to have an emissions test. So for that, we need to say, let's stop, put the brakes on, and let some trusted repair facility and accredited repair facility look at this before you pull the trigger and buy it. Yeah, You talked about that uh, when you were here way last November, uh, about having somebody inspect the car before we buy it. So in this case, this is even more important because if there are no lights on and and, uh, the car does have some things that means it doesn't pass the e-test, it's really important to understand that. Would that show up then in uh, an inspection by an independent dealer? If if you go to a, a trusted facility that has the experience of the technology, yes, they can find that out for you. And the, the importance of doing that is you don't want to buy a problem because it, a lot of people, can you can turn the light off very easily. But with the emissions tests now, even though you turn the light off, when they plug their test equipment into it, they can tell you if you've just turned the light off because the products that aren't working are still not working. So you need to protect yourself because emissions-related components can be fairly costly. So, Bob, how do we identify a trusted facility? What you need to do is, if if it's a long-time relationship that you have with one now, that's fantastic. But not everybody has that. So here are the things you need to do. It's it's, Everybody seems to search on the Internet now. So you have Mm -hmm. to be very cautious when you're searching. You need to find out if they're accredited. Better Business Bureau uh, accreditation is very powerful because they have to meet strict guidelines Mm -hmm. to qualify to have that Better Business Bureau signification. 
The other thing you want to check is make sure if they have any affiliations with professional associations, associations like CAA or um, the Automotive Aftermarket Retailer Association um, of Ontario. Those are very powerful organizations that have strict standards that these facilities must adhere to to be a member. And you also have to check things like Google ratings or see what their participation in the community is because a lot of places that are um, very good at what they do, they like to market themselves and they share their experience within the community and support the community. So these are all things that you need to check before you say, I'm going to go to that place. So if um, the boss there is is busy and uh, attending a lot of board meetings, it might be an indication that he's a community participant and and somebody who who can be uh, trusted then. Absolutely. What um, kinds of things then, uh, if we take a car that we've either found uh, by searching Kijiji or online or from a, a used car dealer, what kinds of things will you or someone in, in, in of your class look for? Well, when you buy a vehicle, and, and of course the vehicles have to be a motor vehicle inspection certificate with it, and by doing that, we take our auto guy's hat off and we put our MTO hat on and we look at the components of the car based on the standards set out by the ministry to do that. And these standards are minimum standards. So, Jim, if you were to bring a car to me, we would want to look at it a little more in depth for you because everybody has works on budgets these days. So you need to know that if you buy this car, what are my costs moving forward? So I would say... If we look at the car, the check engine light's off, and it's not on for any apparent reason, that's good. That's a big step. But when you buy a car, it would be better for you to know that, yes, Jim, your tires are borderline now. They will pass. But in in a very short period of time, you're going to need to buy tires. Or your brakes will pass. Or there's some engine maintenance that needs to be done on this. And it's best if you know that moving forward so that if you buy this car – you can project your budget out and say, in a few months, I've got to spend two or three hundred dollars on this, or two or three hundred dollars on this. So you get a better idea of what you're buying. And once we had the inspection, do we expect to get a written report? Uh, you should expect that because that's where these good quality shops and accredited businesses will give you a written inspection report, so that you can look at it after the fact and then discuss it. Because a lot of times when you talk to somebody, I guarantee you in 20 minutes, you're going to forget half of it. But if it's in front of you in writing, then you'll understand it. So if you if you don't get that written report, at least you want to uh, take notes uh, for certain. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, is, is that something just generally that um, you should expect from your mechanic on your regular visits as well? Is that kind of prognostic inspection, if you like, that tells me I'm going to need this a little bit down the road and so on. Absolutely, because, I mean, where your trusted facility is that you service your car, they have your best interest at heart. So they should be looking at the car a little bit more in depth to project things out. Now, some people like it, some people don't. So think of it as when you go to your doctor. If you kept going to your doctor and everything's fine and all of a sudden you have a problem, you go to your doctor and say, Doc, how come all of a sudden... I've got this problem when you said everything was good. Your car guys should be looking at that as well and explaining that to you. But ultimately, you make the decision. So you're kind of predicting the future for us and a prediction of the future that we'll have you back here someday again to talk cars, Bob. 
Thank you, Jim. Bob Ward from the Auto Guys in St. Thomas. Thanks for being our guest on Ask BBB. And when we return, we'll talk about keeping that car in great shape with rust control. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Linda Smith. And I'm Jim Swan. We now welcome Randy Taverner, owner of Crown Rust Control, London South, to the show. Randy, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's just start off with what is rust? I mean, we all think we know what it's uh, what it is when it shows up in our car, but uh, tell us what, what rust is. Rust is a, a natural process by which metal, given the right circumstances, the right uh, temperature conditions and weather conditions and so on, metal tries to return to its natural state as an iron oxide. It comes out of the ground. We take it, refine it make it look nice, build it into body panels, put it into a car, and we put it out in our climate in southwestern Ontario. And it wants to go back where it came from. Rust is the process by which it does that. What does it need to be able to get back there more quickly then? It needs some form of electrolyte or moisture present uh, because rust involves four things, a positive and negative charge, an electronic path for current to flow. So really it involves all metal has basically a simple battery cell. It has positive and negatively charged ions. And it uh, metal is a great conductor. If you stick it into a socket, you'll find that out. Mm-hmm. So the fourth thing that has to be present is some form of moisture. And we have plenty of that. Our relative humidity is probably 80% at any given time the area that we live in, whereas Phoenix, Arizona might be about 40%. So we have lots of moisture in the air coming off the Great Lakes. We get sleet and hail and snow and rain and so on. So when that moisture gets on the metal, that process takes place a lot quicker because water is very conductive. And then when you add salt to the equation, salt water is even more conductive than fresh water. So that speeds up that rusting activity that takes place. Mm. So is it inevitable then? In our climate? Pretty much, yes. You drive your car in our climate, you're going to get rust. And and as long as there's metal in cars, you will get rust. So Randy, um, most of us think about doing rust prevention before winter sets in. So is spring also a time to consider rust protection? If there is a best time of year, and there's no time of year that's bad to do rust control on your vehicle, not with a system like we promote, and uh, there are other companies who do an annual system. But if there's a best time of year to spray your vehicle, it would be spring. And why is that? Because spring is the time of year when you get most corrosion. So experts say about 20 to 40% more corrosion in the springtime. The reason for that is because When you get into the fall, the temperatures get cold. Yes, we see the salt out there. You see those white marks on your vehicle and it looks really bad. But when the temperatures are cold, the metal is cold, the product is cold, uh, the salt really doesn't do very much damage in the cold weather, Hmm. even though it's out there. When it does the damage is you get into the springtime, everything starts to warm up. And now the salt that's left over on the vehicle that you don't get washed off there in the wintertime, now is when the salt becomes really active because the heat Mm -hmm. is a big factor in corrosion. So the heat really activates the salt. So really, 
All of the rust control centers are crazy busy in the fall. In fact, we should be crazy busy in the spring. Hmm. Well, April showers and so on. Well, we know that you represent Crown, the Crown brand of rust yes. control. We know that you know that product best and you yes. like it. But what are some of the choices out there when it comes to rust control or prevention? Well, there are basically two types of rust control. You hear about permanent, so-called permanent rust protection. So that might involve uh, tar-based products, uh, wax-based products that are fairly thick and heavy. And out on the open surface where you can see them, they look good. So you look at your vehicle and you see a lot of a wax-based product on there and you say, well, that's a good job. Looks like a good job. Uh, the problem with those thicker, heavier products is they cannot get to the most critical areas on the vehicle. What they do do is they tend to trap water in. When you trap water against metal, you have a good recipe for corrosion. Uh, the other type would be the annual oil type rust inhibitors. So mm -hmm. there are a number of companies that offer those types of products. Those are thinner. They uh, are designed to creep, to penetrate, to get into seams and crevices, to actually, a good rust inhibitor will actually physically move the water out of the seams. Thick products can't get in there, but thinner products can. The thing is, they, they don't look like the thicker products look on the metal. They're basically designed to bond an oily film. So the product that I represent is designed to chase the water out, basically bond an oily film to the metal so that it will repel any further water from the metal. So that's how it is designed to work, is by removing the water. Therefore, you're removing one of those four ingredients that have to be present. We can't change the composition of the metal. So, so if rust proofing, is it a guarantee uh, against preventing rust? And if not, how often should we have our vehicle treated? Uh, most experts will recommend that you treat your vehicle annually. There is no such thing as a one-time system that works very well in our climate. So it's an ongoing process. It's kind of like uh, staying alive yourself. You have to, if you don't eat every day, the chances are eventually you're going to starve to death. <laughs> so really staying alive, you have to, you have to do certain maintenance things. Your vehicle is no different. And the thing with a good rust protection system is it treats nuts and bolts. It treats electrical connections. It lubricates moving parts. So it should do a whole lot more for your vehicle than just rust protection on body panels. Great. Well, thank you very much for uh, these tips and the knowledge of rust and what it is. And I think probably a lot of people want to then look into the whole uh, research area of of rust and rust control. And I know that the, there's quite a lot of information on the Crown site about rust, how it works and why it works and why your product works the way it does. That's correct. Yeah. Great. Well, Randy Travner, thanks very much for being part of the program this it morning. It has been a great pleasure. And when we return on Ask BBB, did you know there was a National Puppy Day this past week? Stay tuned and learn more. Welcome back once more to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. And right now, we welcome BBB Western Ontario's Communications Manager, Ashley Castleman, to the show. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Well, I'm pretty sure as a result of the talk and the promotion that surrounded National Puppy Day this past Thursday, a lot of people are going to be considering adding a puppy to their life. What's the first piece of advice that you'd give people as a wise BBB consumer? 
Puppies are playful, they're affectionate and cute, but don't let that distract you from doing your research and thinking about it thoroughly before you adopt or buy one. They're a very large investment if you're buying a specific breed, and we encourage you to treat the decision to get a puppy as seriously as you would if you were to buy a new car, a new washing machine, or a dryer. Um, even though that's a little cold-hearted, it, if you're putting $2,000 down for a puppy, you're going to want to do your research first. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you share with the listener what investigative work Better Business Bureau does with puppy scams? So every year, uh, Better Business Bureau's North America Wide investigates puppy scams that have come to our attention. A lot of the time, uh, puppy scammers, they'll ask you to wire the money to them for the cost of the breeding or shipment. Um, and this is a huge red flag. The scammers will request this multiple times. Sometimes they'll ask for more money after you've sent them some. And that's how you know it, something's not right here because you shouldn't have to keep on sending money to a breeder. How important is the advice to buy from a local breeder? Unless you can visit the owner or breeder before you pay and bring home your puppy personally, avoid buying a puppy or a bird or a cat uh, from out of province. When you have to have a pet shipped from another area, you don't really know how healthy or young it, it, it is. It's very important to be able to see both the mother and the father before you give money and accept that puppy as a purchase. So seeing the mother and father would be kind of doing your research. You, you mentioned yes. doing research. Uh, uh, where should you start with the research? Well, I would always suggest uh, start by visiting bbb.org to check the reputation of an online seller or breeder. Um, You can also ask the breeder for references and contact those people and ask them about the puppies that they've uh, purchased through that breeder, Mm -hmm. um, how the training has gone with them, uh, the temperament, if there's been any health issues. Ashley, are there some papers or records that we should expect the breeder to provide for us? Yes, you will want to ask the breeder for medical records and pedigree documents. Also get a written account of all medical care for your puppy, including vaccinations and antibiotics. Take the records to your own vet during the first examination, and that way your vet can tell if they need anything additional to that. And how can we be sure the information is valid? Uh, You have to remember that paperwork from a dishonest seller may not be legitimate. They could create it and it might not actually be accurate. So if you suspect um, a hoax, uh, you can always report it to BBB Scam Tracker. Look for clues by searching similar scams. Take your time while you're doing the research. You can do a reverse image search to see if it's uh, a fake website, a fake seller. Now that brings up the other part of this. Uh, We go online you see a really nice-looking website, some pictures of some really nice, cuddly-looking dogs. It's pretty convincing. Yes. A flashy website is not always an indication of ethics or integrity. Uh, Fake websites can appear easily online, and they can disappear just like a cat-and-mouse game. Hmm. Um, Again, you can always do a reverse image search with Google, um, ask for references, just do your research before you put any money out. Are there some other things that are tips, tip-offs to a scam? 
Yes. If you aren't familiar with a specific breed, check with an authority on dog breeds, such as the Canadian Kennel Club. Uh, they, they're on their website. They have tons of information of every breed imaginable. So you can get a lot of information if that breed is right for you. Also, make sure the price makes sense. Uh, check several sources to find the average price of that specific breed. And if you find an ad for one that's significantly lower, that's going to be a huge red flag that maybe something's not right here. Mm. Uh, and again, never send money uh, via a wire or a bank transfer. You're going to want to confirm with the breeder that they are who they say they are, which is why it's always best to shop locally and find a local breeder. You're also going to want to beware of emails with multiple misspellings and uh, gr- grammatical errors. Uh, many scams come from overseas, and they might not have a firm grasp on the same language. Mm. Well, we hope that these uh, tips will arm people who might be thinking about a puppy after National Puppy Day. And every time you see a, a commercial on TV for any of the uh, puppy dog foods that you want to have one in your home. Ashley, thanks for this good advice. Thank you. And next week on BBB, you might be thinking about adding a tree to your landscape now that spring's here. Before you plant that tree, are there things you should know about whether or not it will be happy in your yard? And remember, you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at BBB.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And if you have questions or guest suggestions, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. Well, thank you to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, and our uh, puppy advisor as well. <laughs> uh, she is the BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.